Amen. Isn't that beautiful? A beautiful song. Amen. Amen. I'm going to like this already, but I'm hearing some amens in the house. Boy. Dog to a bone. So it's been a few weeks since you heard some really bad jokes. Sorry, Mr. Tommy's not here to pick on me, uh, so I can get away with them this morning. So uh, what do you call a fairy that doesn't take a bath? Stinker bell. It's pretty good. Uh, uh, is it true that pigs uh, bathe twice a day? No, that story is just a load of hogwash. So I don't. Uh, one more, one more, right, Alex? One more. Why did the robber take the robber take a bath so he could make a clean getaway? I know it's bad. I know it's bad. Look, so um, you know, I don't know about you all, but um, I went to camp. Of, uh, about a month ago, and sorry if you're in middle school, I love you, I'm going to be teaching this year, but um, oh my goodness, those middle schoolers didn't want to take a bath, uh, and there's one particular one did not want to take a bath, now you don't understand, we're there outside in the sun all day long, and this one kid was like, you know, he, he, it was like Tuesday night, it was like two or, two or three nights in, and he didn't want to take a bath, his friend who was like, you know, 15 in high school was like, no, nah, you're going to take a bath, he was like, I didn't bring anything, he said, like, you can use mine. Like, you know, uh, all I do, thank you. You are a godsend today. But anyway, uh, why, why are we talking about that? We're talking about the idea of true cleanliness. That's our, that's our title today. And if I know we have a, a, a group here that's visiting this morning. You're welcome to come back uh, anytime. We love it. Uh, but what we've, been, we've been in uh, 22 weeks of the book in the book of Mark. All right? And so we are in week number 23 in the book of Mark. Um, treated a lot like Bible study, as you know, as far as we go, pretty detailed. But um, I hope you enjoy it today. We're in Mark chapter seven. If you want to go ahead and turn there, but the Bible verses will be uh, on the screen for you, so you don't have to unless you want to. Um, and Miss Rhonda does a great job uh, with that, just like Sally and Alex do as well. Always appreciate you guys. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the central statement, if you want to take notes, um, is, is, is on the screen. It's a long one today. It's a long one. I tried my best to shorten it, but I didn't know how to. Okay, I'm not smart enough to be able to do that. But the religious leaders use tradition, we're going to see that this morning, as a basis for their views on cleanliness. Okay? And they're going to share their views whether you want to hear them or not, whether Jesus didn't want to hear it or not. They're going to share their views. Okay? But then Jesus is going to say, no, that's wrong. All right? He's going to denounce the tradition, and he's going to claim that what comes from inside a person is what defiles him, what makes him unclean, not what comes from the outside. So we have, the, again, we're going to have, we'll see the, the, the Pharisees, religious leaders will come in, say a few things, and Jesus will say, no, wait a minute, your tradition is wrong, and then he's going to go back at the end and talk about how that relates to cleanliness. So with that said, uh, let's read the first five verses of Mark chapter 7, and it'll be on the screen. The Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him. They observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed. And there are many other customs they have received and keep, like the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? So here's the deal. Not all traditions are good. Would you all agree with that? 
Like I have to admit, like I'm a, okay, I'm a Gator fan. All right, I see Mr. Sidney wearing the right hat. Okay, so we've started a new a new uh, a tradition at Gator games where they sing uh, where they sing Tom Petty's uh, "Won't Back Down" song at the end of the third quarter. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, or whatever, it's really really cool. Okay, uh, Tom Petty is from Gainesville, and you know right there from Bicknope. But um, that's a really cool tradition, and and Florida has, Florida State has their traditions, and you know in Georgia, you know they have a tradition and that's really cool. But you know some of them aren't so great. You know um, the situation here is that the Pharisees and scribes accused the disciples of not being clean. They're not being clean. Uh, and notice that they just kind of they just kind of come up on them. See, Jesus is teaching. He's there, you know, and he's doing his thing. He's healing people. And then the Pharisees just kind of walk up on the outside and kind of look and say, mm -hmm, time for us to find some more fault, which is what they're really good at. Amen? Really good at finding fault in what, whatever Jesus did because they didn't believe Jesus. And so, so they're like, yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and interject our views. Let's not share, uh, uh, say names, but y'all know anybody has done that before? You ain't even asked their opinion, but they're going to share it with you anyway. All right? And so Jesus didn't ask their opinion, but the Pharisees say, hey, man, what y'all doing is wrong. Y'all supposed to be washing, washing your hands, the ceremonial washing. All right? And I see your, your disciples don't do that. What's wrong with them? So, so that's the situation. I don't know if y'all remember old Hank Williams Jr. song back in the day that I can't sing in church today because of the words, but it's a family tradition. All right, uh, tell me, Hank, why do you? I'm not going to read say the rest of it, but it's a it's a uh, it's a pretty popular song. Um, well, today this is more of an elderly tradition all right, that that we're looking at. See, the problem is the disciples. Here's the whole situation: the disciples are not breaking the Mosaic law here. Okay, that's what you need to understand. They're not doing anything wrong in terms of the Mosaic law that was passed down, the written law. Okay, they're not doing anything wrong. But they were breaking a, a Jewish tradition okay, uh, that uh, prescribed ritual washing of hands, utensils, and furniture. See, that was not in the law. Let me clarify. This is not about hygiene. Okay? It's not about hygiene. It's not, not, it's not about you know, uh, you know, using hand sanitizer or washing. It's not, that's not what it's about here. I need you to understand that. Um, let me let uh, a, 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 a theologian help explain it a little better. His name is Lane. He said, the hand washing described here was purely ceremonial. It wasn't enough for them to properly clean your hands if they were very dirty. You would have to first wash your hands to make them clean and then perform the ritual to make them spiritually clean. So you had to wash them again. Uh, they even had an accompanying prayer to be said during the ritual washing that went like this. Blessed be thou, O Lord, King of the universe, who sanctified us by the laws and commanded us to wash the hands. That was a real thing. They had to do that every time, okay, according to tradition. See, basically, back then, again, I'm going to explain a little, a little further here, there was the written law and there was the oral law. The spoken law that was that was passed down. See, the oral law was was uh, written down uh, was written down, but was man's tradition. It wasn't God's law. Okay, it was their tradition and their interpretation of like on top of the written law. So a lot of times you heard say it was, it was harder. It was harder to to follow. Uh, many leaders, however, honored the oral law over the written law. They they honored the tradition over. <laughs> it would be like today for somebody honoring their own tradition over what the Word of God says. So, oh, that would, why would anyone do that, right, Brother Patrick? That would never happen. See, well, it's the same way people now will take what they think the Bible says and misinterpret it. 
right stand up. Oh, amen or oh me. Preach it, brother. Because okay? they, they, oh, let me give you an example. What are you talking about, Brother Patrick? How about some of that, um, what we call bumper sticker theology? I'm going to tell you the one, the most, to me, the most obvious one. God won't give you more than you can handle. Anybody ever heard that? That's not the Bible. Not at all. Right? Often God will give you more than you can handle so you will trust Him. Okay? See, it, it, we use that. We say, oh, see, in the Bible they're talking about temptation. Yeah, they're not talking about hard times and tests. They're not talking about you coming down with sickness and, you know, and, and COVID or cancer. That's not what they're talking about. See, people took that out of the Bible and they said, God will never give you more than you can handle. And they quote it as if it's the Scripture, and it's not. Okay. Um, or how about another one? Uh, God is my co-pilot. What? He better be your pilot. He need to be the one driving. All right. I, you know, I've seen some of you drive some. You know, in real life. I'm just playing. All right. All right. My, my uh, Sally's dad's not here today for me to pick on him like I did last week. See, David Gusick, another theologian, goes on to say this. And I love the way he says this here. It's just a more background to really let you feel it. So he says a really strict Jew would do this not only before the meal, this ceremonial cleaning, but also between each course. Um, so you get, your, you get your appetizer, you go wash your hands, you get your main court meal, you know, wash your hands, get your before the dessert, do it again. You see what I'm saying? Like it was, it was over the top. He goes on to say, the rabbis were deadly serious about this. They said that bread eaten, listen, that bread eaten with unwashed hands was no better than excrement. There's no better than poop. Sorry if that offends you for me saying that's what the word means. Okay? It says one rabbi who once failed to perform the ritual washing was excommunicated. He's kicked out of the church. Another rabbi was imprisoned by the Romans and he used his ration of water for ceremonial cleansing instead of drinking, nearly dying of thirst. He was regarded as a great hero for his sacrifice because of their tradition. See, the again, do we... The idea here is of, of upholding of, of appearances, keeping up with appearances. That's kind of the idea, right? To look a certain way, to, to look good on the outside, but we can't relate to that, can we? Or can we? Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook? All right? Yeah, I think we do it all the time. See, we, the, the popularity of social apps, you know, and, and the use of filters, you know, that make you look a certain way. They had that, by the way. If you're older, don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, you use those things. It'll make you look real good. Yeah. The religious leaders use tradition as a basis for their views on cleaning. Let's go ahead, Miss Rhonda, to the next to the central statement. Yeah. But now Jesus denounced the tradition. You can read the rest of that there. But we're look at point number two if you're taking notes. Is Jesus denounces tradition? Let's read the next seven verses, starting in verse six. He answered them. Okay, so let's go back. So they, the, the Pharisees, religious leaders, found fault in what they were doing based on their tradition, wasn't even, even the word, okay? And Jesus is going to say, well, okay, let's look some more at some of your tradition. And he's going to give a specific example of showing them, y'all are way off base. Okay, here we go. He answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it's written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching us doctrines, human commands. So Jesus brings it, brings it right to them. Abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human tradition. Jesus tells them, you, you abandon the word of God and you rely on your tradition instead. Just like we just talked about. He also said to them, you have a fine way 
of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. He says it again, just in case you didn't hear it. He says it twice. Your tradition is wrong. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. He's going to give a specific example here. And whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corban, that is an offering devoted to God. We'll get into that in a minute. You no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you may and you do many other similar things. So Jesus denounces the tradition. It's said that in Basel, Switzerland, each year, the good Protestant townspeople have a festival in which they all wear a mask and go through the city doing things and going places they would never consider doing or going under normal circumstances. Okay? The mask which veiled their identity emboldened them to do these things. One year, the Salvation Army, concerned about the abandonment of moral standards, put up signs all over the city which read, God sees behind the mask. Amen, he does. What's the point? Well, see, the word for hypocrite here in what, in what Jesus said refers to an actor who hid behind a mask, thus implying that the, the person is a pretender. The, this is actually a good definition of a, of a hypocrite, is it not? Someone who pretends? Amen. All right? Someone who pretends. And so I, you, think about, you, you think about that, and, and, and I, can't, I can't help but say, you know, uh, I'm reminded of the preacher who, who was talking to a guy about on the church, and he says, he says, you know, you come to church. We have a good church. Man, I think you'll like it. And the guy says, well, there's just a bunch of hypocrites down there. And the preacher looked at him and said, well, one more won't hurt, so come on and join us. <laughs> so, so, amen. So I mean, we all, in, in some way, we're all a hypocrite. Amen. We all mess up by the grace of God. We have accepted what Jesus did on the cross for us. We're forgiven. Amen. But this is a good definition of a hypocrite, someone who pretends. And God would say to something similar to us these days, would he, would he not? He'd say, you attend church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When the church doors are open, you're there, but your heart is far from me. Or, uh, or you, know, you read your Bible when you, or you pray or maybe you give money or you sing, but your hearts are far from me. Thank you. Amen. Jesus' response can be summed up simply, and y'all will love this, my young guys. You have it all twisted. Y'all still say that? Yeah. All right, you have it all twisted. Jesus says, you got it all wrong. Okay? You got it all wrong. So he calls them, he calls them hypocrites, and then he refers, he quotes Isaiah 29, verse 13, and look at it on the screen, which, is, which says this. The Lord said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. See, this is prophesied many years ago. And it comes to fruition right here. We say, y'all are doing just that. You are those people right there who, who honor me with lip service, but your hearts are, are far from me. Thank you. All right? See, he goes on to give them a specific example. Now, uh, to say you got it all twisted up. Now, I'm trying to explain this to you because um, it can be a little confusing. So Jesus points out that these people made them, before we get there, he points out that these people made their traditions more important than God's law. Like we referred to earlier. Let me tell you a couple of scriptures. He reminds them of what the scripture actually says. So he's going to talk about taking care of your parents, okay? All right? And it's an old saying, you know, about, t about school, about teaching. You better be nice to the kids or they're going to be, they're going to be making their laws and take care of you when you get later on in life. So, uh, so be careful. But, you know, I think we all get to the point where we want to make sure we're taken care of. Amen? 
Alright? And so, look at what the Scripture says. Jesus reminds them of this. Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God has given you. If you haven't heard anything all day today, kids, all right, hear it out. Okay? All right, there's a promise in there. You honor your father and mother to have a long life in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And then Exodus 21, verse 17 says, Whoever curses his father or his mother must be put to death. That was some pretty strong language back then. See, and then Jesus brings in the kicker. He talks about this idea of Corbin. Well, what is that, Brother Pastor? What, what is Corbin? So he says, you know, y'all say, again, y'all are saying things, all right, but you're not doing them. He says this. Okay, he, here's the idea. Part of honoring your, your parents is to care for them both personally and financially in their old age. However, Jewish tradition, tradition, again, okay, tradition, allowed that any money dedicated for the care of parents could be declared Corbin, which means dedicated to God, meaning this, that the person would no longer be required to do anything for their parents if they just dedicated it to God. So this is a simplified, oversimplified uh, illustration, but it would be like you just put money in the, in the plate, all right? That's our version of, this, of what was back then, right? All right, and saying, I'm not taking care of my parents anymore. I don't want to do that. So here's a little money to God dedicated. It's Corbin. I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of my parents that way. Don't matter how much money it was. It was the idea was that was that they were shirking their responsibility. Do you get it? Okay. That, that's what so so they're supposed to take care of their parents, but instead they they used it was called Corbin. I'm just gonna get and people did it. Apparently, a lot of people did it. They they put money in the in the uh, there and said that is Corbin. So what I'm saying is I'm no longer going to take care of my parents. Well, that's not, what, that's not the spirit of the law, is it? Gee, if the command was to take care of them, they were getting out of They were finding another, they were finding an alternate route. They were finding, uh, they were finding a, a back door that worked for them, that made it easy. It was a way to get out of their responsibility, and it was allowed by the customs, by the traditions of the day. Not, not the actual law, but by the tradition. It was allowed. Tony Evans said it this way. He said, in this way, they would appear... They would appear to be generous supporters of God's work because it went to the plate. Oh, I'm giving to the Lord. All right? When actually they were cheapskates avoiding family obligations. Come on. All right? See, Paul said the following to go along with what Tony Evans said, 1 Timothy 5 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than unbelievable. Be careful. See, so Jesus gets on to the Pharisees here. He, he shows where their tradition is just flat out wrong, but he hasn't referred to the idea of cleanliness next. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there next. That's next. So the religious leaders, if you're taking notes again, the central statement is up there a lot. They use tradition to talk about their ideas of cleanliness. Jesus comes in and says and throws down on them, dunks on them, right? He dunks on them and says, y'all wrong. Okay, and then he's going to explain what actually is true cleanliness. Mark 7, verse 14. Summoning the crowd again, he told them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. When he went into the house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him about the parable. Because y'all know, we talked about last week, that so many times the disciples just didn't get it. They had Jesus right in front of them, and they still didn't get it. But, but that'll preach too, won't it? Amen. We had Jesus in front of us all the time, and we still don't get it. He said to them, are you also as lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a person from the outside can defile him? 
for it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. Listen. For from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions. That's seven actions, by the way. And then six thoughts. Deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. So my last point was simple, simply inside out. I didn't know how, how else to, to point it. Inside out. Y'all ever seen the movie Inside Out? The old cartoon, the, 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 uh, the animated? It is a very good movie, and Caitlin just said, just wish it to me that it made her cry. Okay? You didn't know I was going to preach that, did you, babe? You reading my notes beforehand? No. Uh, I, every time I watch that movie, I cry. I ain't going to lie. I, just, I, I watch it, and I think about my girls growing up. This is a coming-of-age uh, look there. And, and I seldom can watch it without shedding the tear. But it's a, it's a cute mo- movie, uh, and it's also funny, but it shows what's really going on inside of a person. The summary is simply this. True cleanliness comes from the inside of a person. So I'm not going to belabor this today. All right, we got to go eat soon anyway. All right? So but we are simple, every single one of us. Every single one of us. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. All means all. Every single one of us. Okay? The Bible also tells us specifically about the heart. We read it earlier. Sally read it earlier in the middle of the service. It says, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? So the heart is deceitful. See, Jesus even gives some examples to the people in this passage of how bad our hearts can be. Look at that again. Look at verse 21-23. For from within, out of people's hearts... Come, I want you to see this again. The first seven are acts. The last six are attitudes. But look at it. For from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions. And then the thoughts, deceit, self-indulgence, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. And that's not all of them. It wasn't like Jesus was saying, or, you know, this is all the sins out there. Nope, this is just some of them. Come on. Okay. See, it's, it's interesting to note that it's, and it's not possible to perfectly keep the law. Romans 7, verse 13, Paul tells us, Therefore, did what is good become death to me? Absolutely not. But sin, in order to be recognized as sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that through the commandment, so might become sinful, sin might become sinful beyond measure. He's saying, you know, we know what sin is through the Word of God, and none of us can live up to it. Amen? None of us. The good news, the Gospel Transformation Bible says this, the ceremonial and judicial aspects of the Mosaic Law have essentially been brought to completion in Christ. Matthew 5.17 tells us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He says, don't think that I came to abolish the law, to do away with the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Hallelujah. Romans 10.4, Paul tells us, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who, what? Believes. What's the point, Brother Patrick? See, Christ made a way where there was no way. Amen? Thank you. Right? And see, we, we, when we look at that today, and if you've never, if you, we use the word saved, salvation, Christian, we use different words to explain the same thing. See, we, we, we try to make it very, very clear, and I'm sure I'm glad that God made it clear for me because I'm not very smart. All right? He made it, He dumbified it for me. All right, and it's simply this. And when we, we, we admit that we can't make it on our own into heaven, because we've already established that we're simple, amen? 
We can't make it on our own. But Jesus, God made a way where there was no way. He said, I'm going to give my son Jesus in your place. That's, that's what the gospel is, is simply, in your place. should have been us. It should have been you. should have been me on the cross. It was Jesus instead. So when, when it, we come to that point in our lives, we say, I can't make it on our own. I trust the finished work on the cross that Jesus did as counting for me. Thank you. All right? And, and when you've done that, that's salvation. Don't, don't, don't let somebody twist that up and say you've got to do this and got to do that. It's simply trusting what Jesus did on the cross is counting for you. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross, and he rose from the grave. That's what we're doing. That's it. So if you've never made that decision, I pray you'll do that today as we conclude with the following. So here's the deal. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it twice right? uh, so, so we can hear it again. The deal is that things being pure, when we talk about when we talk about uh, purity, cleanliness, which is a good thing, okay, the thing is that we realize in the Old Testament times that you know people had to do all sorts of stuff, you know, and they had to they had to come once a year, and you had a lamb, and you had to you know lay put the lamb, you know, lay your hands on the lamb, and send them out every year, and, and then you had all these other rituals where you know uh, where the priest would go in, and and it was all about trying to be clean before a holy God because we're so dirty, amen. See, even then, it's the same message today. We, we are not clean. And the only way we get clean is by trusting what Jesus did on the cross for us. Amen? Amen. See, 1 Peter 1, 16 says this, For it is written, Be holy because I'm holy. And again, we come to the point where we realize that we can't fix our sinful hearts ourselves. And it's like the religious leaders, they come up and they, and, and they made up their own laws and they, they had their own traditions. They said, make sure you do the ceremonial cleaning. Do that now. Between every meal, between every course of the meal, you better do it. Well, we do the same thing these days, amen? Yeah. We, we, we substitute a true relationship with Christ with other things. You know, we, 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 uh, we say, okay, if, we just, if I just go to church every Sunday, yeah, uh, going to church don't make you a Christian. Right. Right. No more than what's the old saying than, than sitting in a garage makes you a Porsche. I mean, it don't. It just don't happen. All right. It it, it 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 don't happen by osmosis, and you can't get what your parents got. Oh, your parents will de- will will be examples, and we prayed about that today. We had a beautiful ceremony where we stressed the idea of living for Christ in front of these kids. But you can't get into heaven based on your mom and dad's faith. Thank you. All right. It's got to be yours. It's got to be your own. See, Hebrews 10, 16 and 18 says this, This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, the Lord says. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. We're living in that today. And I will never again remember their sins and their lawless acts. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. See, we don't have to go to the, we don't have to, we don't have to, go to the sanctuary once a year, to the temple once a year anymore. Jesus did it once for all. Amen. And all we got to say is, I trust in that. See, as J. Vernon McGee said about this scripture, he said there are two groups. And it comes down to this. We talked a lot today, and I ran my mouth, and I appreciate the amens and everything, but there, there basically comes down to two groups, J. Vernon McGee said. Those who trust them and those who reject them. You either trust or you reject. Simple, simple, simple. You either trust them or you don't. Amen? Which are you? So I'm going to ask Alex and uh, Sally to come up. I have one more thing, and then I'm done. There was a story. Amen. Amen. A soap manufacturer and a pastor. All right. I'll listen to the story. A soap manufacturer and a pastor were walking together down the street in a large city. 
The soap manufacturer casually said, the gospel you preach hasn't done much good, has it? Just observe, there is still a lot of wickedness in the world and a lot of wicked people too. The pastor made no reply until they passed a dirty little child making mud pies in the gutter. Seizing that opportunity, the pastor said, I see that soap hasn't done much good in the world either, for there is much dirt and many dirty people around. Well, the soap man said, Oh, well, soap is only useful when it's applied. And the pastor said, Exactly, so it is with the gospel. Thank you. See, the gospel is only effective in your life if you apply it to your life. Thank you. You can hear about it. I went to church all my life and listen and listen to scriptures and listen to sermons and took notes was there all the time all right going to church didn't save me it didn't save me okay i was a sinner i was a sinner and i and i could and i needed to come to the point where i said god i can't make it on my own come on right? i believe what you did on the cross counts for me so if that's you today all right the altar is open you can talk to somebody after talk to me afterwards we'll be glad to talk to you all right, and if you have made that decision, tell somebody about it today. Amen. All right, thank you all for being here. I want to ask Sally to come lead us in the song.